Um, it's good to be in here with everybody. How many of you are glad that you're in here? Amen. Now tell the truth. Amen. Okay, right, yeah. I'm glad everybody's here. I'm glad to be here. Um, it's been a while since I've been up here, so I really don't know what to do. Can somebody tell me? What, what, what? Oh, I got to preach. I don't know about that because you guys are looking at me. It's good to be here. And I've been thinking about this this message for a little bit. Um, And I've been thinking about us as a group of Christians here at Fairhaven Independent Baptist Church. And and in light of everything that's going on in our country, in our world, in light of everything that's going on, we just sang, lifted up, was he to die. In light of everything that's going on in our world, every person in here can make a difference in our world. Every girl, every boy, every man and woman, is that a better way to say it, in here can make a difference in our world today. And I hope you want to. I hope you want to. I hope you want to make a difference in this maddening world. The joy is you can the excitement about where you are and what you're doing is that you can make a big difference in our world today. Do you want to? Do you want to? Let's pray. Father, I pray now as we look into your word. God, I pray, Father, that you meet with us, God, as we all always ask. God, that you draw us closer to you. God, bless your word as it's preached today. Encourage our hearts. God, thank you, God, that we can be in here. Thank you that we can serve you. I pray, Father God, that you would just deal with hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 42. Luke 22, verse 42. Today I'm going to preach a simple sermon that I entitled, The Path to Surrender. The path to surrender. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 42. The Bible says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Then turn over to Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians 2 and verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God wants to work in you, not your good pleasure, but whose? His good pleasure. The path to surrender. Surrender is to submit 
to authority, to relinquish possession or control to another. General Edward King, at the surrender of Bataan, he tried to negotiate the terms of surrender with the Japanese commander. He tried to tell the commander what the stipulations would be. The Japanese commander looked at him and basically said, who are you? You're a prisoner. And with that being said, King Edward, the general, took his pistol and laid it on a table, signifying unconditional surrender. He wrote, however lowly and humble our present position, we are fortunate in being assembled here alive and more or less physically fit. I desire to impress upon you that we are operating under a strictly absolute power. There is only one interpretation, and that is the Japanese interpretation. The Japanese make all decisions. From their orders, once formally issued, there is no appeal. Ours is a state of complete subjugation. Your duty, therefore, is to obey, not only for your sake, but for, the welfare of, but for the welfare of the entire personnel of the camp. I know you will obey. And he sent that out to his men in that prison camp. Surrender. Surrender is a word that's not found in the Bible, but we all know that it's woven throughout the scriptures. You may be backward, not well-versed in the finer things of Christianity. But if you're willing to surrender your will to Christ, God will use you. You may not be that smart, like me. That was just a little joke. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad. But if you're willing to surrender, God will use you. But at some point in time, we have to stop and we have to say, what about my will? When Jesus looked up into heaven and he, told, and he, he, he made this statement to God, not my will, but thine be done, Jesus is saying, I surrender. Jesus is saying, I surrender. Prior to that, if you look prior to that in, in, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus told the apostle uh, um, Peter that he was going to deny him. He said, I, you're going to deny me, Peter. And Peter said, what? Not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do, do that. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand for you. And we know what happened. What's the difference? What's the difference between Peter and Jesus? Peter was faced with a problem. And Peter said, like a lot of us say, I got it. Peter says, like a lot of us, when we're confronted with an issue, I got this. I got this. Instead of doing what Jesus did, 
when Jesus was at the end. Jesus didn't say, I got this. He looked up into heaven and said, Father. He looked up into heaven and said, Father. I was about to say kids. So if I say kids, please forgive me. But kids, if we're going to make a difference in this world today, somebody has to look up and say, Father. Father. Girls, you got to look up and say, Father. Got some kids coming to church, some girls that are being abused. And I don't want to get too personal, and I won't. You know what they need? They need some girls that will look up in the heaven. And I'm not playing on anybody's emotional strings here. I'm telling you the honest to God truth. If we're going to make a difference, we got to look up to the heaven and say, Father. Not my will. Not my will. A preacher was asked, what is the need of the day? And the preacher said, total surrender. Total surrender. Now, I am not standing up here saying that this is an easy task. I am not saying that. Because... We all have flesh. And we all have to deal with our flesh. And I know some of you may not agree with this, but most of us in here like our flesh. I know there's some that don't. But I happen to like my flesh. I like eating. I told myself yesterday that I wasn't going to eat until... Yesterday morning till 12, I dropped some french fries. My flesh said, it's 12 o'clock at 11.30. My flesh said, it was 12 o'clock. What did I, you know what I did? I ate the french fries. With ketchup. (laughs) And enjoyed it. That's a little thing. But we like our flesh, don't we? And it's hard sometimes to bring our flesh or to, to make our flesh surrender to Christ. It's hard. But what needs to happen on this path to surrender if God, and, and, and I do want to encourage you. I'm not trying to beat anybody up today. God knows I'm telling you the truth. But I hope you want to make a difference. I hope you want to be the salt of the world and the light. I hope you do. But if we're going to make a difference and we're going to surrender, number one, there has to be confession. There has to be confession. Psalms 28, Psalms, um, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 28, Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 13. 
Proverbs 28 and verse number 13. The Bible says this, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. In order for us to have complete surrender, there has to be confession. There has to be confession. Here is the problem with this. Here is the problem. The problem with this is that we there's a problem with relationships. There's a problem with relationship here. And not relationship with your mom, not a relationship with your dad, not a relationship with your friends in the dorm, not a relationship with your friends in the high school. There's a problem with our relationship with There's a problem with our relationship with God. There is. In order to have a relationship, everybody in here knows that there has to be time put into it. Right? There has to be time. Now, I started dating my wife before the cell phones. Okay? There, there is a thing called a regular landline phone. Okay? We had one. And I got one in the dorm. I was living in a dorm for like 50 years um, as a single guy. Um, and then Mrs. Wright came along and, and you know, it was like, okay, this has got to happen. But I didn't have a phone over there, so I called AT&T or Verizon or Frontier or whoever it was. And I said, I need a phone. They came over and they put a phone in the room. Bad deal. Bad deal, because she was out of town. She lived out of town, and I was working here, and I worked like 30 hours a day. <laughs> we worked. But I would go to the dorm afterwards, after work in the evening, late, 9 o'clock. She was down at Purdue in school. And after a long day, and for some reason, she would talk to me. Right? I don't know why she didn't just hang up and say, I'm tired, Todd. Could you imagine somebody saying that to me? <laughs> Come on. So I would call late at night. I would call. She would pick up the phone. Long distance charges. I don't want to get nobody in trouble, but, but if your parents say get off the phones, you know, get off the phone. But I wasn't, you know, I had, I was a grown man. So I could do this. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. I am not making this up. One o'clock. <laughs> and it was fun. We had a great time. But every month in my box would be a frontier note. And then, you know, that note said, we're not going to charge you this month for all those calls last, last month. We're just going to, right? Does he think that's what it said? <laughs> you think that's what it said? We're not going to charge you? 
So for months, I was getting this nice letter from Frontier, whoever it was from. Nice, nice envelope. But in order for me to keep developing this relationship, guess what I had to do? Oh, yeah. I had to keep paying and paying. And it was a lot of money, but it was worth it to me. You know why it was worth it to me? Because I was developing a what? A relationship. The reason why some of us won't confess our sins to Christ is because you don't have a relationship with him. If I simply ask you, are you reading your Bible and praying? If I simply ask you, are you reading your Bible and praying? I don't care what's happening around you. I don't care who's saying what. I don't care what's happening to somebody. I'm asking you, do you love him enough to get that mail? Every month that says you owe. Was that a was that a zoom? Was that zoom? Did you guys get that, girls? Did you get it? In order to develop a relationship with him, you have to spend time. And once you develop a relationship with Christ, once you start to develop a relationship with Christ, you know you can go to him. And you can talk to them. And you can spend time with them. And when you do wrong, you know you can go to them and make it right. And you can confess. Why? Because you've developed a relationship. Our problems today with a lot of us, and maybe I'm judging here, but our problem with a lot of us here is that there is a lack of relationship with Christ. It takes time to develop a relationship with Christ. I wasn't going to do this, but I'll I'll give this illustration. I grew up in a family of ten kids. There's ten of us. Four girls, six boys. All the girls were older than us. Can't, and I'm just still mad at them about the way how they treated us. They just treated us boys bad, just bad. Made us do bad, go to bed early, clean up. You know, our rooms and stuff like, you know, they were just like all moms. I had five moms. <laughs> coming to church, coming to church as a bus kid. My ninth grade year, I was playing. I came to Fairhaven Baptist Academy in ninth grade. I had a great time with a bunch of friends of mine, a bunch of kids from Gary came to school. We had a great time. God started working on my heart. Started changing. And this thing about relationship was being preached. This thing about spending time with God and having a devotions every day was being preached. So I decided that I needed to start spending time with God. There was one room with six boys in it. But I learned to get up in the morning in my 10th grade year and have my devotions. I'm not bragging. God knows I'm not bragging. I I, I got a lot of issues. 
You're, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm standing up here today because of that relationship with, that I developed with Christ in the 10th grade. I fought with my brothers and sisters, with the music, with everything. With everything. I tore my father's stereo up because I didn't want to listen to some of the music that they were listening to. Tore it up. Wasn't trying to be spiritual. Wasn't trying to be anything, but I understood. I was learning to under. I didn't understand, but I was learning to understand that if I'm going to know Christ, I have to have a relationship, and I have to spend time. When the devil starts blowing the winds against you, and he starts shooting the arrows, because you're spending time in this book. You know, you find yourself, you start separating from the world. Whatever it may be. And when you do wrong, you learn to go to Christ and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. How many Agrippas are in here? How many Agrippas are in here? King Agrippa told Paul, what did he say? How many ruined lives are there because of almost? How many almost people are in this room right now? And I'm just saying you don't have to be. Jesus doesn't want you to be an almost Christian. He doesn't want you to be that. Confess your sins. Get, your, get it right. Get it right. Your relationship with your father depends on it. It depends on it. The best thing that happened to me was that I got married because there was no more long-distance phone calls. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. I mean, it's not just because there's no long-distance phone so don't tell her I said that. But there is, there is confession. Go to whoever you need to go to, make things right. But you go to Jesus. Go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Number two, there needs to be contrition. Some remorsefulness. Being able to say, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Turn there real quick with me. Isaiah 55, verse number 6 and 7. The Bible says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Be able to say, 
it's my fault. We find ourselves making excuses. Turn turn with me to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse number 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing, seeing thou art in the same camp condemnation? We indeed just justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You know what the thief was able to say? It's my fault. I did wrong. It's my fault. If you're going to surrender to Jesus, if you're going to surrender to Jesus, Take responsibility for what you did. Take responsibility for what you do. If you were in practice, I would have got you. Take responsibility for what you do. Don't point the finger at anyone but yourself. I was going to do this. I was going to do this. So I don't if that was a phone that went off. I was already going to do this, so I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I was already going to do this. Guys with me? I was already going to do this. We 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 are we are just, the phones came up. The, phone, the phones came up with me this week. Mr. Wright, what are we going to do with phones? 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 All thing I can say is answer them. Answer them. What to do with the phone? Just answer it. Answer it in church. Answer it in chapel. Answer it in meetings. Answer it on the bus. Answer it everywhere. It's hard for us to take responsibility for them because we're living in a day where we have to have our device, right? We got to have our device. Where are you going, Mr. Wright? We should tell those kids, don't even bring them to church. They should even bring them to church or even have them, period. Bless God, that is correct. Let's take some responsibility. What about you? What about you? You say, Mr. Wright, that's not what we're talking about. Well, I just changed it. some point in time, we got to say some of this stuff that we've let go is our fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. You know what I need to do? I need to turn my phone off. 
Was that bad? <laughs> okay, because I got a couple looks like, how dare you? I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. I'm not just I'm just I'm just trying to talk to you. God wants to use us kids. God really does. But at some point in time, we gotta take responsibility for what we're doing. And understand that some of the things that we're doing is just not good. I use a dumb illustration with a phone. But how dare we have issues with the phone? The Bible says, I will not be brought under the power of any. There has to be some contrition. It's my fault. We like to point the finger. We like to point the finger at every, everybody except our, ourselves. One of the, and I, it was told to me hard, but I learned a really valuable lesson years ago. man looked at me and he said, Todd, every excuse that you give me is shallow. Every excuse. You know what he was saying? Stop pointing the finger point at yourself. And I walked out. You know what I did? I stopped pointing the finger. Not right then. But I've learned and still learning to stop pointing the finger at anybody. I need to point the finger at me. If God is going to use me, if I'm going to surrender, if I'm going to surrender to Christ, I got to stop pointing the finger. I got to stop pointing the finger. You know why some of us can't look up? Because we're looking at too much, looking at too many other people. And we're seeing faults in everybody. We're seeing faults in everybody. And we got to stop. We got to stop. And we got to say, God, it's my fault. God is my fault. When you, when you guys get married, when you get married, some of the, let me back up, some of the biggest fights that we had, as I look back, we were, somebody was over and we were talking about some fights that we had 25 years ago. Right, I don't remember. Didn't remember, I mean, I remember some of the gist of it, but I just didn't remember. But at the time, oh, <laughs> at the time, some of the fights that we got in, she just reminded me, we had a fight about whether or not the curtain should be open or closed. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I was right. I'm sure I was, whatever it was, I was right. <laughs> well, we got in a fight over, over some curtains, she, she was saying. I'm, and I'm like, okay, I don't remember, but what did I do? Yeah, you said they had to be an open, and I said they had to be closed, or whatever, vice versa, or something like that. And 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 then you got mad, and you you know you told me to get in a car. We went for a ride to your mom's house, 
to her mom's house, and she said, I told her to get out. And, right, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Part of that relationship as you're spending time and you're growing, I look back now and say, what? Don't even remember. Because there came a time when I had to say, as the man, as the man, shut up. And now, don't matter. What do you want? Let's go. Because of that relationship. But you have to learn to say, you know what? Sometimes I got to put this down. It's okay. It's okay. There has to be some contrition. And last of all, There has to be consecration. We have to worship God. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. There has to be consecration. If you're going to surrender, you have to worship God. You know, it's a good thing to worship God. Boys, I hope you are developing your worship. I hope you're developing your worship. There has to be, there should be, there should come a time where there's a place where you go to worship God. There should be, there, there, there ought to come a place where you worship God. Pastor Long was preaching one time, he said, find a closet, get to a closet and pray. Get, and I've told this illustration before get to a closet and pray. Right outside my father's room was his closet. It was his closet. And God was working on me about getting to a closet to pray. I was in 10th grade. So one night, I went downstairs into my father's closet. And I shut the door. Guess what I started doing? My mother heard me. Praying, because I was like saying, "Oh Jesus, Lord Jesus, and Father, please." I was calling fire down. <laughs> Remember, my mother came out of her room. She opened the door. I heard the door open. I got up. I walked out of the closet. Hi, Mama. And I walked upstairs. And my mother said, "Absolutely." Nothing to me. She knew what I was doing. One of my biggest encouragers. But trying to develop that consecration. That worship. Trying to worship God. Listen, Christ wants to use us. Do you want him to use you? Find your place of worship. Gets back to that relationship. Find that place of worship. Find that closet. 
Find that time. If you, if you are sitting in here right now and you don't have a place, if you don't have a place, you judge yourself. I have nobody else to judge you. You judge yourself. Why? If you don't have time, if you don't have a time that you spend developing that relationship, developing that consecration, if you don't have that time, how are, we, how are you going to make a difference? How are you going to make a difference? God has given each and every person. I've, I talked to this to the to my class Sunday about gifts and talents, and I talked in, um, on in, on Sunday <clears throat> about God giving each of the kids gifts and talents. And I said, in order to find out what your gifts and talents are, first of all, you got to be good. You guys be good. You never know your if you have a gift or talent, if you're bad. Hello. First of all, you got to start off by being good. <clears throat> then you have to make good decisions. We take that a step up in here. You've got to spend time with Christ. To find your purpose. To find what God wants you to do. You've got to spend time. If you don't, God, will he say to us, like he said to the unprofitable servant? God wants us to surrender. God wants us to surrender. God, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. We have to get to that. You have to get to not my will. That's hard. I'm not standing up here saying it's easy. It's hard. God, not my will. You have to be willing to say that and then spend time with Christ. You should be getting a bill every month. You should be getting a big bill because you've spent a lot of time with Christ. You should be getting a big bill. You say, what's that bill? You find yourself serving over there. You find yourself serving over here. You find yourself serving over there. You're getting these bills. Does that make sense? You're getting these bills. Because God starts using you. God starts using you. That bill comes in the form of service. God starts using you. God starts using you. But you got to say, not my will. Not my will. God wants to use each and every one of us. Are you willing to let him? Are you willing to let him?
every head bowed, every eye closed.